0: <laughs> Konnichiwa, Ogenki I'm sorry. Welcome everyone to WRPX, your wrestling revolution podcast. I'm your host, Antonio Garza. A- and the whole reason that I was speaking Japanese is because. For the last 48 hours, I've been watching so much Japanese wrestling. We had several big-ish shows this weekend and up until today, uh, from which we are going to be tackling DDT's Ultimate Party 2020. And we are later going to talk about a little bit about New Japan Pro Wrestling and Dragon Gate, but not as thorough as I would be able to, to do it, you know, because that would take us a long, long time. But we did have DDT's uh, big event uh, today, uh, 11.3, that is November the 3rd, uh, DDT Ultimate Party 2020 taking place at Ota City Gymnasium in Tokyo, Japan. This was a show that was originally planned to be at the Super Saitama Arena, and it was going to be... Uh, Tatsuya ended up defending the title against Kenny Omega, but we know that Kenny wasn't able to travel to Japan, and thus we had a different contender, being Daisuke Sasaki. But overall, this was a really, really fun show. It was just wholesome fun, it had a happy ending, and it had pretty good wrestling, uh, both comedy and non-comedy work rate, but... The one thing going against it is that it was really, really long. Uh, the video that uh, DDT has on their system is cl- clocks around five hours, which it's not five hours of wrestling. There's a lot of dead time. There's a lot of time to clean. There's a lot of commercials. But it is still a long, long show. And, and thus, it is like the main focus of today's episode. So let's just get to it. Uh, We started with two dark matches, the first one being Hideki Okatani defeating Keigo Nakamura. These are your young boys fighting each other. It's the same thing they've done forever. It was like under five minutes, nothing special. Um, In my opinion, Okatani should have won since he is part of Jun Retsu and he seems to be getting a better push as a wrestler. Uh, Now that Nakamura is doing more comedy, well he has been like the whole year. Uh, the other dark match was Hiroshi Yamato and Hoshitango defeating Mizuki Watase and Juki Onaya. This clocked around nine minutes. It it wasn't anything special. Uh, Yamato had been uh, teaming with Daisuke Sasaki as part of his, like, whatever's left of damnation. And so he has been getting some more matches, but it was nothing special. Tango, if you don't know him, he's I don't know where he's from, but he is an old, really big man. I, I think he's from Argentina. But uh he he moves like 90s Abdullah the Butcher. Uh, so it it's good and it's bad in, in that sense that sometimes you like it does it looks like he's having trouble moving, but then sometimes he his size looks good like for shoulder tackles and stuff like that but this was like a nothing match uh, again uh it was a win for Yamato over Watase who who is also part of Juneretsu but is still the guy who takes the falls for the most part all over the place but anyway we go into the actual show um the opener was Mao. The return of Mao, going against Shun Katsumata, who he defeated under eight minutes. Uh, Mao had an injury and thus was out, and so this was his return match. <clears throat> the The big thing here was uh, Katsumata brought Legos to the to the match, and even though he didn't he didn't like actually like set them up as if they were Techs, they actually did a spot where the referee and Katsumata were like kind of like wrestling for the Lego box and Mao kicked the, the box. And so all the Legos flew around. So it was like, they, they had like just a match in a Lego filled, uh, ring. And it was, uh, it was kind of cool because it, it wasn't just like spots on the Legos. It was actually like, uh, you know, chain wrestling and, uh, some, big, uh, some big spots, some small spots, but it, w- it just happened to have Legos and that kind of like made it different. Uh, Mao defeated Chunma with a springboard Phoenix Splash, which, I mean, as your first match uh, finisher, it's it's pretty ballsy. Uh, but Mao pulled it off. He, he looked fantastic. He was in, in great shape. I think uh I think he's gonna be like trying to get back into the upper echelons of DDT now that he's back before he left. He was like kind of like starting to touch those upper levels in the main event, uh challenging Masato Tanaka for the title, for instance. And so I think he is slowly going to get back into it. Next up we had Akito defeating Dan Shokudino. Uh, this was obviously an all-comedy match. The, the story here was... Well, actually, okay. So it was several stories. Because before the match, uh, Imabayashi asked Dino that he needed to, to have like a muscle to cover his mouth because he didn't want kisses. He didn't want any of Dino's usual, uh, let's call it maneuvers. And so, he asked Dino just to like, dude, calm down. We are in so many like channels today, like social media is all over us. So just, you know, keep it safe for work. And so, the the match started, and it was Dino just like trying to avoid Akito, who was like goading him to like, come on, dude, like bring your bring your stuff. And so eventually, it got to a point where Akito was like, you know what, like, uh. I I don't want to fight this Dan Dino. I want to fight the real one. So like bring him out. And so Akito removes his his shorts and is fighting in a thong. And so Dino is like, okay, he takes up the muscle and he starts like doing his stuff later on, uh, there was like a little story that, um, Dino was, I think he had diarrhea and Akito had drank a lot of energy drinks before the match. And so they were both like hurrying to get to the restroom but it happened that Dino crapped himself like he shit himself but uh, I guess he was ready because he had a diaper and so he removes his also like his trunks and he reveals a diaper he hits a stink face he almost submits Akito but then Juki Lino uh came came down and, and supported Akito and told like hey don't 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 give up, my friend. And so Akito locked in the Goliath bird eater and kissed Dino and won. So it was a lot of laughs. Um, if you're okay with this type of of wrestling with a lot of uh, penis jokes, I guess. Um, <clears throat> next up, we had a four-way elimination six-man tag team match. Uh, this was Eruption being uh, Kasusa Higuchi, Saki Akai, and Jukio Sakaguchi defeating Antonio Honda, Makoto Ishii, and Super Sasa Dango Machine. Defeating uh, Dem Hearts, uh, in this case, being Alina Man, Matt Polly, and Nobu Shima Tami. And defeating Disaster Box being Kasuki Hirata, Naomi Yoshimura, and Turu Owashi. So this was four trios uh it was pretty much like they, they didn't really say it but it was pretty much a tornado attack rules because everyone just was all over the place this was really really chaotic uh in the first fall uh where hirata eliminated uh damnation we had a lot of spots because there was a spot where super sasa dango machine betrayed his team to join damnation and then later, uh, returned to to his team, uh, betraying them. Nation. We had like a little like thing where Hirata was like kind of like distrusting Owashi because Owashi used him for a spot because he's like the luchador of the team, of the promotion. We had uh, Higuchi versus Yoshimura versus Matt Polly like three way Haas fight with them doing shoulder tackles and all that stuff. So, it was a really, really packed first fall. But once the first fall came, there was just kind of like sliding easier. Uh, The second one was also Hirata getting the the win over Honda to eliminate that team. And that came from, like there was a spot where everyone got submissions on each other, except Honda, because it was like he was the uh, odd man out. And so... He was sad and he was going to give up. He was going to, like, he's he's just sure, like, I give up, give up, give up. up." Uh, But instead he wanted to turn, you could tell his uh, Gone the Fox story first. And that led to him poking everyone's eyes except Hirata, who uh, got the roll-up and defeated him. And so at this point, you have Hirata getting roll-up wins over Damnation and the team of Honda, Oishi, and Sasadango. And so the next one, it was, uh, Hirata, Yoshimura and Owashi, disaster box versus eruption, the match that we had at the road, uh, to, to ultimate party. You know, the one that we, we covered last week. And in this case, since we had Hirata, like get so many roll-ups, they started teasing, uh, him rolling up Sakaguchi, but at the end, it was Sakaguchi that rolled Hirata for the win. And so, the, the champions retain over every other trio it was uh, the right thing to do I I am not uh, going to complain that the titles were not on the line because none of these teams really deserve a title shot and Eruption did just retain the titles at the last show so no complaints uh, I think it was perfect to get everyone in the card and th- like the only thing against this match is that it lasted 11 minutes, and that is a lot of people to feature in 11 minutes, including eliminations. So, um, a lot of things felt like super rushed, super chaotic. But overall, I thought it was a it was a fun match. It's your like when you have guys like Honda and Owashi, and obviously Dango. Like you are gonna have a lot of shenanigans going on. So, I mean, I liked it. Uh, because aside from that, we also had uh, Higuchi and Linda Man and Yoshimura and Oishi like doing legit great wrestling. So no, no complaints. The next match is the first title match of the night. The DDT Extreme title on the line. Uh, Shinya Aoki defending against Nashiro Takagi with Takagi defeating Aoki for the title change. This... Was a weapons rumble match um as i explained before this is every minute a new weapon comes out to the ring and it is assigned uh by someone for themselves so like before the match you make a list of all your weapons and then they randomly each like i mean quote unquote randomly come out to the ring and so um uh, I was kind of disappointed in this match. It was exactly what I was expecting. But at the same time, I kind of wished it was going to explore more things than what it did. It got 10 minutes. So it's a good amount of time to get a lot of stuff in. But a lot of the quote-unquote weapons were kind of lacklusting. So... The, the first thing that came out was uh nakamura uh, aiding uh aoki and so they pretty much just double teamed takagi for a little bit and then uh takagi's first weapon was an exploding bat which he used to take out nakamura so okay like the first two weapons they take each other out good <clears throat> second thing uh second weapons were makudo naruto for aoki and that is the ronald McDonald um pervert wrestler and and so he like started just like pretty much try humping takagi for a while until takagi's weapon came out and it was uh japanese mma legend well i mean I, I personally don't know him, but he's an MMA legend in Japan, Hayato Sakurai. And the only thing he did is just like take out the Naruto. Like he didn't even do anything. He just like did like uh, some takedowns and then ran after Naruto. So that is two weapons each. They were both canceling each other out. And they were both, in my opinion, underwhelming. Uh, like doing Naruto was fun. I enjoyed that guy. But it's underwhelming to bring him out as a weapon and then just quickly take him out. And then we pretty much went into the end. And the next weapons that came out were uh, secrets. Uh, So like the first one was a secret of Tenshoku Dino and Sasadango. Talking about that one time that a Japanese celebrity went to the show and she was a big fan of Takagi. And so Takagi fought that he could take advantage of the situation and have sex with her which he didn't uh but that was like really big for Takagi to hide and so the the point of this is just to like break your opponent mentally so that you can get a roll up which Takagi kicked out of then came uh Takagi's next weapons and one was Aoki's ex-wife, who implied that Aoki uh, taps out really quick, uh, and the other one was just like a random person that Aoki had DM'd on Instagram and had asked to meet up at a love hotel. So, uh, like, the implication is that like Aoki likes to fuck. I mean, okay, whatever. But that was enough distraction for. Shingo Takagi, I mean Shingo Takagi, oh my god, Sanshiro Takagi to roll him up and pin him for the for the title. And and so that was it. That was the match. It was in my opinion really underwhelming. I I don't mind the weapons chosen, but I think it was really underwhelming. I think this match would have been far better in a show where it could have gotten more than ten minutes. Like granted it's aoki versus takagi <clears throat> a lot of people may not want to see this guys like wrestle for a long time but i don't know like maybe explore different types of weapons so i don't know like we didn't really even see like aoki do any mma stuff or Sanchito use any other weapon other than the bat so i don't know i think there was more to do with this match uh after the match Takagi said that he is going to put the title on the line against everyone uh, wrestler or not and that he's not going to be wrestling in the ring he's going to be wrestling on the streets and that his matches will be on YouTube so I mean good uh, before he left uh, Shun Katsumata did attack him from behind with a chair and pretty much make his intentions clear that he's going to chase the extreme title. So, uh, like I said, I I expected more of this match, but for what it was, it was okay. Just okay. And now the real, real card starts. This is when we are done with most of the comedy and DDT goes into the work rate. And so the first match that we had was the, in my opinion for myself, a uh, dream match of Harashima and Naomi Marufuji Fuji versus Shima and Soma Takao. This, like last week when we talked about, uh, the road to DDT's ultimate party, we talked about how Sima and Soma Takao have a past where Soma sees Sima as a hero, he has been chasing him all of his career. And so it was a big thing for him. So at this match, it was really hard for me to see Soma as anything else than a super babyface. So I was completely rooting for him. And and the match they worked was exactly for that. Even if you, in the other team you have Shadashima, like the babyface of babyfaces in DDT. Like Soma was the babyface. And so what happened here was that Soma was the babyface in Pearl. Uh, Sima and Marfuchi did some stuff together. I was hoping for more between them, but I also understand uh, that they don't have a lot of time to to do it. Uh, This match also went about 12, 13 minutes. So it's it it set up something in my opinion between Marafuji and Shima. I think they're going to be coming back for more DDT uh, because it did seem like they want to do more stuff. But other than that, it was just Soma uh, as a baby face in Pearl. Um, Sima had the hot tag, but then at the end, it was mostly Takao versus Harashima until Takao won uh, the match. And, and and that was it, you know, it was a clean win for him. It was just uh, like a happy ending for, for Soma and for the fans. Uh, it's crazy to believe that. Harashima, Marafuji, and Shima are all like in their 40s and they're still having like fantastic wrestling. Um, And like I said, like I think Sima and Marafuji are going to be like not only sticking around, but I think they want to do something together. And we'll see what happens. After the match, Sima uh, put Soma over like big time. And since they had like new gear that they made, uh, like matching gear they kind of agreed to, to do more tag team stuff. And Sima is part of Damn Hearts. So it's not like, it's not like a weird pairing or anything. Like they are part of the same stable. They just like, SEMA not always here. So, I mean, I'm hopeful to see what they do together. Uh, I don't want them to chase the tag titles right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do. we'll, we'll see where they go like I said, like I don't think Shima is gonna be a regular in DDT right now. Yeah, you know, Shima is like a journeyman; he goes all over the place. Anyway, the next match we had was the DDT Universal Championship match between Chris Brooks, the champion, and Juki Weno, with Weno defeating Chris Brooks in about fifteen minutes. Um, this was a good match. Uh, one of the better Brooks. Brooks' match that I've seen, and it was like a standard Wino bueno match. I've seen better Wino bueno matches, but this was pretty decent. The story here was that Wino bueno had his shoulder injured from the Korakuen Hall show, um, where Brooks attacked him and backstage, and so the most of the match was just Brooks targeting that shoulder. Like he did a really good job at targeting the shoulder and Weno sold it perfectly. Like he had to fight with his other arm or just rely on kicks, which he did. And so like the, the whole match was pretty much that. Just um Brooks working over Weno's shoulder and Weno making a comeback and then defeating Brooks. No complaints there. My only real problem with this is that. I think Brooks was supposed to be like to be seen as a bigger heel and I don't think uh, they gave they gave him time to really cement a heel side of him because he had attacked uh, Weno before backstage he jumped Weno in this match like before the bell like stuff like that but they he, like i think a lot of people love chris for his look in japan and i don't think they give him like enough angles promos or anything to really become like a a a, a heel for weno and so a lot of the drama like it, i i felt that the drama wasn't there um it felt more like like to me it was more like two just baby faces fighting for a title and one of them seems to be hurt on the shoulder and the other one just took advantage. Like and that's it. Like I I didn't feel that there was like any heel tactics going on. And so I I liked the match for the wrestling, but I didn't really feel anything for Wino. Bueno. Like it didn't feel like a big win for Wino, bueno, even though It is, in a way. Uh, But, I mean, we'll see. Like, after the match, uh, the whole Disaster Box stable came out to celebrate with him. He told him that he is going to be leaving Disaster Box uh, because he wants to be his own man. Uh, As we know from the the press conference last week, now to lose right now is technically broken up because Naomi Yoshimura is going to have surgery so he's going to be out for a long time so it just makes sense uh for Bueno to try and become like his own man right now I like I think this is the best outcome for both Bueno and the title and potentially Brooks I don't know about Brooks but like at least for Weno the title this is the best thing like it gives it gives Weno like a taste of being a singles champion and and now he can go around and defend it and build rivalries by himself and he can grow as a champion and he can get like like a taste and the experience of being a singles champion so that once he goes after the big one he will be ready um because i mean we know Yuki Ueno is going to eventually be a top star in DDT. I have been comparing him him with uh, Ibushi for a while and I still stand by it. I think he's going to be that type of guy unless he fucks up. And that is the thing about this, this title ring. This is the title ring that can either make or break Yuki Ueno. So it's up to him. And likewise, the title, ever since Sasaki took it from Brooks, it really went downhill. Like it meant nothing. Sasaki didn't do anything with it. And now that Brooks had it back, uh, he felt more as a transitional champion uh, because they needed Sasaki to be titleless to chase uh, Endo. And Brooks was just the guy to transition it to, to Bueno. So, I mean, no complaints for Brooks or anything, but. Uh, the title was kind of like in limbo for the last months, and now that Winow has it, the title can be on someone who is poised to be a big star in the future. And so, like, hopefully, both Winow bueno and the title can use each other to grow together and and become a big thing. I like I would love to see Winow bueno take this title and make it as equally as important as Endo's title, which I, I think it's doable. Uh, Yuki Ueno has the backing of the fan base to, to do it. And so that whole thing happened. He left the disaster box. After everyone left, Mao uh, challenged him for the title, which I I think it's booked for the 8th of November. That's a TV show, which is pretty quick. Uh, so I'm guessing just when it's going to defeat Mao. Which I think is a bad idea. I I wouldn't defeat Mao so quickly after returning. But I mean, whatever. It's a big match for Mao. And Mao should be a good match. And we go on to the semi-main event. This was, in my opinion, the best match of the night. But not by a large margin. Uh, I thought the, the main event was also fantastic. But this is the... this had been built for so long and it's just a fantastic build. It's Konosuke Takeshita versus Jun Akiyama. The build is pretty much Akiyama uh, joined DDT to help the youth and Takeshita both active uh, like he acted like antagonizing but at the same time it's also as part of like going after the legend. And so there's, there's not exactly like bad blood between these guys. It's just like a really, really strong rivalry of respect. And so it's, it's just like the old timer with all the experiences in the world versus the young up and comer with everything in his future. Because let's not forget that Takashita is still in his 20s. And so this was pretty much a nice all Japan pro wrestling match. They did a lot of apron spots. They did a lot of Exploders, Germans, uh, Lariats, knees to the head. It was just like a brutal, brutal match. Jun Kijama can still bring it if he wants to. Which he doesn't always want to, but he definitely brought it for Takishita, and at the same like the same way, uh, Takishita really stepped up to the plate. He, he's a big boy, and and so he can like toss around Akiyama, and and so it was, it was fun to see like how. They're really like similar to each other at this point. Um. That the story here was that, really early on. Takeshita had like I guess a power advantage just for being younger and so Akijama was forced to like not use tricks but take advantage of his experience to get Takeshita to go like knee first into the ring post and from there on Akijama just decimated Takeshita's leg and so it was just Pretty much Takeshita fighting through the pain, and Akiyama, like once he got control of the leg, he started working the head, and would only tackle the leg when Takeshita was gaining momentum to cut him off. So it was just like a perfect plan, by Akiyama, and and that's how they went. Eventually, Takeshita did make a strong comeback. They started just going like trading moves like crazy. And at the end, Ta- uh, Akiyama got Takeshita in a front neck lock and got the submission win. And I think this is the right win. I think Akiyama had to win. I like I was kind of hoping that they were going to do like the whole, hey kid, I respect you now type of uh, angle after the match. I They didn't really do it. But... There's definitely more to explore in this area because now I think Akiyama will have to cut the promo that Takeshita, you've earned my respect, you took me to the limit, what, 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 I want to do it again, whatever, and maybe Takeshita wins the next one, I don't know, uh, but there's definitely more to go into, into this rivalry, even them becoming uh, more of a mentor, student type thing where they team together, I mean... Shima and Soma versus Akiyama Takeshita I mean that's a main event for you you know and whatever show so uh we'll see where it goes but overall this was just a fantastic match two great wrestlers going at each other and like this is one that I'll say go out of your way to watch Akiyama versus Takeshita at DDT Ultimate Party and having said that, we go into the main event of the night, the K.O.D. Openweight Championship match between Tetsuya Endo, the champion, defeating Daisuke Sasaki, the challenger. This, this is a match that, coming in, I wasn't really sure what to expect because Sasaki is a guy that uh, he doesn't like always go all out in his wrestling. Sometimes he's like completely like meh but this this time he really he had his working shootouts on and he he really really uh kept up with endo endo is a fantastic wrestler he can pull out good matches out of a lot of people but it takes two to tango and sasaki was definitely like willing to tango the the story of the match uh there was two like aspects of it first off endo had his leg hurt really early on. And so that was just like the target for Sasaki to focus on. But at the same time, there was this story about, uh, damnation attacking uh Sasaki at every chance they got until they got to a point where Endo was like, okay, you guys, this is a one on one match. I don't want you interfering and even though endo was the one like asking for for this to be clean uh sasaki was the one taking advantage and cheating and and finding those soft so even like at the spot where endo told damnation to like hey guys like fuck off like this is a one on one sasaki used that distraction to to jump endo and clip his, ne- his knee and so <clears throat> You had this uh, this dynamic where Endo was the one trying to do things correctly, even though he was the one that had like uh, like everything going for him to like use the weapons and, and use the interference. And so at the end. Um, there was a spot where Sasaki. He he accidentally he tossed Endo onto the referee and so there was a ref spot and in that ref spot Endo was just finally done. He was, he had like, he wrestled the chair away from Sasaki he was like, all right, I'm going to hit you with it. And Matt Pauly turned on Endo and took the chair away. And, and even then with all that distraction and Sasaki breaking the chair on Endo's head, he couldn't get a visual uh, submission or a pain on Endo like he just couldn't and so it was just after that like a matter of Endo recovering and and winning and and not to like I mean Sasaki had his like good spots like he blocked the first Tatsuya in the sky with his niece uh, he kicked out of the Animal Crossing New Horizons uh so th- those are like really really big spots at the end it took like a second Tetsuya in the sky to seal the deal but at that point um, you know like he was done and at that point Endo had done like already a fantastic like uh, battle and Sasaki like had survived so much so it was just like the perfect timing to, to clean it off there was this like little moment where Endo hugged Sasaki before he killed him <laughs> with the Tatsuya in the sky. So, overall, it was a, it was a, a good match. Uh, like I said, Sasaki really brought it. Uh, he kept up with Endo. And Endo's just fantastic. I think, like, he doesn't wrestle as much in big matches. But Endo is definitely, like, on, like, up there when it comes to, like, best wrestlers of the year. His his whole year has been fantastic, if not for, just like, a week, like, schedule, I guess. Uh, there's a lot of tag teaming between big shows, so Endo doesn't get a chance to do a lot, but he has been fantastic this year. And he's a fantastic champion, like, like no complaints. After the match, uh, Endo called Sasaki back into the ring because prior to this, Sasaki had promised that he was going to retire if he lost. Uh, I don't think anyone thought that was going to be legit because Sasaki's not a person to like keep those type of promises. But uh, nonetheless, Endo like, called him back. He was like, okay, I, I mean, I want you to be responsible and hold on to your word. And so Sasaki, Sasaki, Sasaki was ready to retire. But Endo was like, no, 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 no. Like, retirement is just you running away like you always do. Like, what I want you to do is, like, legit, take responsibility and, like, put up the work and grow as a wrestler and be better, dude. And and so Endo was like, and, like, let's, let's take damnation to the next level and let's do it together. And so... Sasaki, like pretty much rejoins Damnation, and <laughs> I guess Matt Polly, at this point is kind of like, oh man, like I shouldn't probably uh, turn on Endo, but uh, oh well. Uh, but yeah, like everyone rejoins Damnation. Uh, it's a happy ending because the friendship that Endo and Sasaki have had throughout the years has been like, it's it's been pretty fun. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of Sasaki's uh, wrestling, but I do really enjoy his interactions with Endo and with Polly and Damnation for that matter. So I was happy, like, with this ending. After that happened, uh, Shuji Ishikawa, uh, violent giant Shuji Ishikawa from All Japan Pro Wrestling, like, came out to sing a song and serenade us all, and it was beautiful uh <laughs> he and and Sasaki and Endo had like this weird funny moment uh, when he was done because like i don't think Endo and Sasaki were necessarily like uh expecting I, I, a lot of the jokes that went around that time like felt like improvised so it was just like a fun moment uh it It's weird because I think a lot of people see Damnation as a group of heels. Uh, Especially, like, if you're into the whole, like, uh, babyface heel dynamic and seriousness and and old-school wrestling. You are going to see Damnation as a heel group. But they are more, like, to me, they're, like, more LIJ than anything else than Bullet Club. They are a friend, a group of friends that... May do questionable things, but deep down, like they just do their thing and they're friends and they're not like malicious. And so it was like nice to see Endo and Sasaki like make up. Uh, It was awesome to see Ichikawa (laughs) come down to sing. And at the end, like Endo cut like a total babyface promo saying, like, you know what, guys, like he thanked the public. He said, like, this show was supposed to be at the Saitama Super Arena, but COVID happened. And, you know, we're, we're working through, like, the whole pandemic, and we are here to give you the best show. And even though that Super Saitama arena got canceled, uh, we are here, you know, in Ota Gymnasium, which is a big show. And, like, eventually, we are going to have that show at Super Saitama, and it's going to be big. And so, like, just keep supporting us, and we'll keep resting for you. And we are Domination, we don't conform, we don't kiss ass, and we don't get married. And, and that was the show. Uh, so, like I said, it was a really, really long show. Uh, I think some matches not, not get cut, but moved to a different show. I think we could have done two row twos and maybe pass uh, some of the other stuff over there. Uh yeah, because like looking back of the of the cold card, I think for instance the Brooks versus Weno match could have been somewhere else, even though I think it was important to have Weno win the title here in a big arena. Uh but like for instance the, the OK versus Takagi, I think it could have been in a smaller place and it could have been uh given more time the trio's match was just there to get everyone in the card which i don't complain about but uh you know it's it a filler match uh dino versus akito was totally filler in my opinion uh, this really didn't have like a strong story behind it and it was just your second match with the chukudino which i mean a lot of people love this and a lot of people watch ddt for it so it's good to have it but it could have also been part of that trio's elimination match maybe uh yeah like the this was like some minutes that we could have saved and like Mao versus katsumata i think did belong here i think Mao's returns is worth having so uh i don't know like i think time wise it went long but it was like a fun show to watch nonetheless I didn't feel tired like I do with sometimes like shorter shows. Uh, and so like, I don't have a complaint. It was just like overwhelming to see the size of the show. And that is, in my opinion, the only thing against it. Uh, other than that, it was just happy endings, wholesome stories. Like the comedy was fun. The work rate was fun. And that's all I want about my wrestling. Just for it to be fun. And so... That was DDT Ultimate Party. We are, after this, we are headed into the Dio Grand Prix. And it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I only have the blocks here for, for the Grand Prix. Uh, we have block A with Takeshita, Harashima, Daisuke Sasaki, Yuhio, Sakaguchi, Akito, Mao, and Chris Brooks. So, I mean, already there. Uh, look, o- look up for Takeshita versus Harashima, uh, Takeshita versus Sakiguchi, maybe. Takeshita Akito, obviously. Mao versus a lot of those guys. Maybe see what Brooks can do against guys like Akito and Takeshita. Uh, some stuff there. Block B is the one that looks, in my opinion, way more interesting. We have Tetsuendo, Higuchi, Soma Takao, Makoto Ishii, Yuki Ueno. Shun uh, Shunma Katsumata and Jun Akiyama. I'm really surprised that Akiyama is entering the Grand Prix. I honestly wasn't expecting that, but that means we are, are, are getting some, some stuff there, uh, Akiyama Endo, Akiyama Higuchi. Um, we're going to get like more Bueno Endo. I mean Higuchi versus anyone should be fantastic. I am so hyped for that. So yeah, like the Grand Prix looks really, really promising. I I don't actually have the dates for it, but I know that it is coming up soon, uh, past the 11th, 8th uh, show. So I I don't know I don't know how much I'm gonna be able to follow. I I'm probably just gonna pick and choose matches uh, because it is going to be like a really really heavy November and December, as we are going to just see because. The other thing that I want to talk about uh, in Japan is the New Japan Best of the Super Juniors and the New Japan uh, Super J-Cup. They were both announced. Uh, There there was a show yesterday, um, the 2nd of November. It was a road to power struggle. It was an uneventful show other than Joshi Hashi and... Goto failed to capture the titles from the Techers, the Dangerous Techers, Sacks River Jr. and Taichi. That match, the only thing that I can say is that it went about 10 to 15 minutes way over the time that it should. Uh, They actually, it was a really well-wrestled match. It reached the peak. It reached the climax. It was fantastic. And then they kept going for like 10, 12 minutes. And not that it took me out, but it was just like, oh man, like, when is this going to end, for God's sake? And and I think that is, like, the overall sentiment that I've, I've read yesterday, that it just – it was a really was well-wrestled match, but it just, like, went too long. But the rest of the show was on a bandful. That's why I didn't really think it was worth covering. However, they did announce the participants for the Best of the Super Junior and the Super <clears throat> Jacob that are starting pretty, pretty soon. Uh, so let's cover first the Best of the Super Juniors – it is just going to be a one-block tournament. Uh, the final, like at the end of the tournament, the, the guys that have the two like the two highest uh, pointage are going to wrestle each other for uh, the win for the tournament. Your participants are Ryusuke Ketaguchi, Master Wato, Cho, the returning Robbie Eagles, Hiromu Takahashi, Bushi, El Desperado, Yoshinomu Kanemaru, Doki and the champion taiji ishimori uh man what can i say this looks incredibly incredibly underwhelming um not that not that anyone any of them are bad i think we are just we've been spoiled with best of the super juniors in the last almost like 10 years because they bring a lot of foreigners you know like they they always bring like, uh, Dragon Lee, Titan. Uh, they used to bring like Mascara Dorada. Uh, there, there's like no Americans either. Like there's no like ring of runners. There's no, like, obviously there's no Marty curl. There's no, they were going to bring TJP for this one. And he's not here. There's no ACH. And so it does feel like we are going to be watching the matches that be, we've been watching all year. And that is kind of underwhelming. Uh, but nonetheless, there there may be some really, really good stuff coming out. I think uh, this is one tournament to look out for main events and, and see those. Like the interesting pair-ups. Like Doki is going to have to fight two of his st- uh, stablemates. We're going to get like Takahashi versus Bushi. Uh, we're going to get uh, Master Watto is going to have to go against everyone, and it's going to really showcase to see if, like, what his actual level is. So, because we're going to get Watto versus Sho versus Takahashi versus Desperado versus Ishimori versus Tagushi, and they're all going to have to, like, and he's like, going to have to, like, step up to the plate to fight those guys. Uh, it's interesting that Robbie Eagles is back. We know that Robbie Eagles was brought in by Osprey, so don't be surprised if Robbie Eagles joins the Empire. Uh He might as well, because he feels really... Like, he feels weird in chaos without Osprey, unless mm-hmm. uh, Nichols comes back. And I really, really hope that Nichols doesn't come back. <laughs> I have never enjoyed Nichols ever since he left uh, TMDK. Uh, So let's see what Robbie Eagles does. Uh, Other than that, I mean, I'm hoping that maybe Bushi and Desperado can have one of those like super good matches that they used to have when they like go after each other's masks. But that's about it. Like it's, it's underwhelming. I was considering watching the best of the Super Juniors and skipping the Tag League. But now I... I may end up skipping a lot of the best super juniors too, because it doesn't look promising. Like I said, this is, it seems to be like a show to hunt for the, the gems. And, and the other tournament that was announced, this is a single elimination tournament, this is in the U S and it is the super Jacob. So the super Jacob, it's originally like an idea of all promotions, sending their best junior wrestler to represent them. And they kind of did that. I I really like that aspect of this tournament. Uh, so the participants for this uh, this year's tournament is TJP, not representing Impact. He is coming in as an independent, I guess. ACH, Leo Rush, uh, his debut, um, also not representing anything, nor ACH. But then we have Chris Bray, Chris sorry Chris Bay. Uh, the finesse chris bay representing impact ray orus representing ring of honor blake christian representing game changer wrestling even though blake christian has been wrestling for new japan shows pretty much since they started doing those uh those friday u.s shows so like blake has been he's been getting like really really good uh i guess reviews Uh, From from his matches there, not necessarily the game changer matches. The game changer wrestling matches of Blake Christian tend to be just like your spot monkey matches against the Rascals and all those guys. So, I mean, a lot of people love that shit, uh, especially for a super like like a junior heavyweight type of tournament. So, I think he'll he'll be okay. Uh, Clark Connors representing the LA Dojo, (laughs) and I don't know, like something really really like. Tickles me to see that like Clark Connors and Carl Frederick coming together, and Frederick's now like he's he's being prepared as a heavyweight, and Clark Connors is as a junior. And so I don't know, I, I find it funny, but like good for Clark Connors. And finally, representing the Bullet Club, uh, the former, well, I guess current champion of the Super Jacob, uh, El Fantasmo. he is going to look to to make it back to back. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that El Fantasmo came to the Super J Cup and not the best of the Super Juniors. I would have imagined that it would have been worth, more worth for him to go to the Super Juniors. Uh, mainly because why would you want to come to the U.S.? <laughs> but I guess they do want to have the previous winner representing. Uh, unfortunately, we, we don't have like Ospreys and Dragon Lees and uh, Amazing Reds this year. So, I mean, unfortunately, but at the same time, we have Chris Bay, we have Leo Rush, and we have Ray Orus and TJP, who are all just fantastic, fantastic wrestlers. And so that is the Super Jacob. This one just takes place on one day. So it's going to be far easier to, to watch. Uh, this one I may try to watch it. Uh, it's on December 12th, so we have time to to, to prepare for it. By, by that time, I think most of the the Grand Prix and and best offs are gonna be mostly over or coming to their like ending. So I think this is gonna be fun. Uh, like not to that's spoil just yet. We are going to get into impact in a little bit, but Chris Bay may be coming in like a, a bigger man by, by that time. But we'll we'll get to that. Um and, and that's yeah, th- I mean that's it for New Japan. Um they are we are having power struggle soon. Um, the only change in that is that the Yana versus Saber match now has a stipulation. It's going to be a no uh, corner pad match, which I mean, whatever, <laughs> it, it's really insignificant in my opinion, but I mean, just, just do whatever you want. And so that's new Japan. I think, uh, we won't be talking about them until we come for the power struggle match, I mean show. But the only other thing that I wanted to mention and, and mention, because I, I, this happened also. Today, uh, November the 3rd, so I wasn't able to watch this, was Dragon Gate's The Gate of Destiny 2020. Was, this took place in Osaka, Japan. Uh, as far as I've heard, it was a fantastic show. Um, a lot of people are saying there are definitely some matches of the year, uh, wrestlers of the year, storylines of the year, feuds of the year in, in, in Dragon Raid right now. To me personally, I find watching Dragon Gate really, really hard. It's the presentation of the product. It's the same problem that I have with Ring of Honor. I just have a lot of trouble with their presentation. I I see the match and I, I feel like I'm like I'm working. Like it's not it doesn't feel like fun. <laughs> it feels like I'm working. And so I I may try to watch this show uh once I have some time. The the like a quick results. We have Jimmy, Problem Dragon, UT, and Yusuke Maria defeating Hoho Loon, Kanes, Konomama, Ishikawa, and Sachi Hoko Boy. Sachi Hoko Boy, yes, I said that right. That was like a four minute match. We have Team Dragon Gate, uh, being Benkei, Dragon Daya, Strong Machine J defeat Red, BB Hulk, Di Inferno, and HYO. We had Dragon Kick, Kagetora, Ryo Saito, and Chuji defeat Don Fuji, Gama, Masaki, Mochizuki, and the bodyguard. We had Kento Kobune, Madoka Kikuta, Taketo Kamei defeat Team Trimon, being uh, Masato Yoshino, Ultimo Dragon, and Yasushi Kanda. We had Yamato defeat Kai via DQ. We had the Open the Brave Gate title, uh, title change actually. With Keisuke Okuda defeating Kaito Ishida uh, by Referee Decision. This is one that I've heard is a fantastic, fantastic feud. If you want to get into Dramatic Wrestling. There is the Open the Twin Gate title match with Jason Lee and Kota Minura defeating Genki Hogirushi and Susumu Yokosuka. We had the Open the Triangle Gate title match. I do believe this were vacant. And Kazuma Sakamoto, Kento Kubunin, Takashi Yoshida defeated Naruko Doi, Punch, Tominaga, and Ryotsu Shimizu to win the titles. And in your main event, the Open the Dream Gate title match with the champion Eita defeating KCY to retain the title, obviously. And and so I I can't exactly tell you if, if this was good or bad. I can tell you that I've heard it was fantastic. So worth watching. If you are into Dragon Gate style of wrestling, I may try to catch some of these matches uh, since next week does seem to be like slightly slow. Even though we do have the Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling uh, Wrestle Princess show coming up. And that is a big show too. But that does it for today. When it comes to Japanese wrestling, like I said, it was a lot, a lot of hours of Japanese wrestling. I couldn't even watch the two big shows today because we do have our Impact Traffic Report. Welcome, everyone, to Impact
1: Wrestling.
0: November, the third episode of Impact Wrestling. So last week, we ended with the big, big cliffhanger of Johnny Bravo getting shot with... uh after the wedding with Rosemary. And so I, I, I really dreaded that that was going to be, like, the direction of the whole show, but it actually wasn't. Uh, I was really happy about that. Uh, I do have to mention that they opened the show with a, a recap of the last, like, maybe two months or, or maybe just one. But, like, definitely several, several shows worth of uh, segments where Johnny Bravo had been a prick to everyone backstage, thus giving reasons to a lot of people to take him out. And it's it's something that obviously no one saw coming when those things were happening. But now that we see them, it's like, huh, perfect. It makes perfect sense. And Unfortunately, this is going to be like your wrestle house of the season. This is going to be all comedy. Like the first thing that happened was that Tommy dreamer dressed himself as Sherlock Holmes and he's launching an investigation. So we know it's going to be just shenanigans, but I just hope that at the end, at least the shenanigans make sense. Uh, because like a lot of things in Wrestle House ended up making sense towards the Rosemary Bravo entire storyline, and so if this makes sense, I will be okay with it. I will just go through it with all my strength because Tommy Dreamer is a terrible comedian. But we'll see where it goes. But anyway, the actual show. It opened up with the title defense of Su Young against Diana Perasso. Uh, like at the end of this match, I just felt one thing: this is like a match to stall while they figure out what is going to happen with the title, because uh, as we at this point all know. Kylie Ray was supposed to win it and she has, at this point, retired from wrestling for her own personal well-being. And and so I think at this point, w- when the tapings took place, Impact didn't fully know what was going to be the outcome of the whole situation. And so I get the impression that Su Young versus Diona was... It's like. Is being kept afloat, but not necessarily uh, written down on the book. So th- this match felt like let's just get this done right now. Uh, let's get something for Turning Point that is happening in eleven days uh, on Impact Plus, and and we'll work from there, like on. Uh, so this just felt like that. Like it's it was a match. They set up uh so young uh lost by dq when she accidentally hit diana with a chair that they were like wrestling with and i would say like the match was i don't know like i i clocked about five minutes it was really really nothing but it was just to like get like keep these wrestlers doing something uh until they can figure out what's gonna happen so like no complaints in that sense um It was similar to last week's uh, Eric Young versus Swan match where they just seemed to get, like they wanted to get the rematch class out of the way. And so this felt similar. Uh, But this one will have a repercussion later on because uh, Su Young and Diana Perasso are going to be wrestling for the title again with uh, no disqualification stipulation at turning point. So... uh, that's a, a good direction, I guess, for now for, for these two wrestlers, until until they can figure out what the story is going to be with Su Yang and Susie and Diana and everything going around. So it's good so far, so good. <laughs> um, we had like a skit with Reeth and, and Heath. <laughs> Reith, that, that's going to be the tag team name, Heath and Rhino uh, getting ready to sign Heath's contract with impact. But as we know, Heath is hurt, uh, like shoot hurt. And so they're playing it off as a new excuse for the more to not want to sign him just yet. Like he's ready to give Heath everything that he wants, but he doesn't want to sign someone that's injured and that won't be able to wrestle, uh, which makes, I mean, perfect sense in my opinion. Uh, like business-wise. Uh, so this time around, it was Heath like walk, pretty much walking away from signing because Damore was like, dude, like we'll help you. We'll, you'll, we'll help you like we re- re- rehab and everything. Just like come, like tell us the truth. And he was like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good and screw off. And so unfortunately, we do have more Heath not being signed storyline coming like damn that injury for more reasons than like the actual injury uh but i guess it's something that we're gonna have to see way more um so buckle up kids Uh, after after that skit like we had barrister rd evans come in and that's when we got the announcement of purasa versus you young an anything goes match so you know like i said uh Everything so far, like, there is being progressed in a way. So it's all good. Um, We had Chris Bay defeat Trey Miguel. So these two guys at this point, I really don't know what's going to happen to them. Uh, Chris Bay... Like, they, they both were in the exhibition mix for Bound for Glory, but Trey Miguel has also been, like, kind of, like, chasing the world title at times. Chris Bay, in my opinion, is ready to chase the world title, especially against uh, Rich Swan. I think that would be really, really fun. Uh, So, like, this match just kind of felt like, regardless of way, where they go, uh, this match just felt like get these guys back into winning matches for whatever program we had except for them and chris bay won the match and and so like no complaints the match was your quintessential exhibition match it was fun um like a lot of fast paced reversal stuff uh like working over miguel's neck and then cut off comebacks eventually like at the end chris bay won with a it was like a second rope uh flying cutter Mm, so i mean a good match but it felt more like just part of the process at this point uh we got uh we got locker room talk with madison rain and johnny swinger i i personally love these segments i think madison rain like this this role for madison rain i think is fantastic and Johnny Swinger is just fantastic, whatever he does. And so the, this, the here, here the thing was, uh, they had Tenille Dashwood and Jordan Grace uh, as guests. And as we know, in two weeks we have the start of the Knockouts Tag Team Title Tournament. And at this point, neither Tenille nor Jordan had tag team partners. We know at this point that. Jordan Grace and Alicia Edwards was a total failure. And so neither have partners and and like Madison rain, like legit was trying to get them to team since they have like a, they've had like a good rivalry. They, they, I think they're pretty much tied in wins and losses between each other. And so rain was like, legit like, Oh, what do you guys like team up? And, and Tennille was like, you know what? I, I actually came here to, to, ask and, and make the invitation that Madison rain, would you like to tag team with me? And <laughs> it was just fantastic. Cause like to Neil Dashwood and and Madison Ray just like start to like pretty much circle each other. Like you have a uh, Caleb with a cage, just taking pictures like crazy. You have Johnny String like, hey, hey, yeah, yeah. I like that shit. And then you have like in the middle of everything, Jordan grace, like the girl, the woman, that was left without a lollipop (laughs) and just like rejected face. And so like everything comes together and they're like, Jordan, like get out of the picture. Like you don't have a partner. And it was just fantastic. I, I don't know where they're going with Jordan Grace at this point, because you're either going to have to like reveal an amazing tag team partner for her. And she's going to go at least to the finals or, she has to be turning heel at this point. I don't know. It's it's a really weird thing to do with Jordan Grace. I like I like what they're doing. I rather have this than her and Diona Perazo go back at it. Uh too soon for, for that, in my opinion. But yeah, it, it is weird. I, I think they're just gonna end up revealing an amazing uh partner for her. We had uh, Dreamer interrogate some suspects including referee Brandon Toll uh, saying Bravo had belittled him but like his officiating a long time ago like pfft, whatever we had uh, like and then like Cody Deaner and Swinger did, did some like comedy stuff which was pretty like meh like this is the type of stuff that I was dreading for the whole Who Shot Bravo Uh, But it's it's one minute of the show. I don't care. Uh, Then we have like a really, really cool angle segment. Rohit Raju, the X Division champion, came down for his uh, usual defeat Rohit challenge. He cut like a a great little promo, just like putting himself over. He always does that. and He's fantastic for it. Uh, But the one who came out was TJP. And... Like, TJP wasn't there to answer the challenge, but he wanted a shot at the X-Division title. And... And Roji, like, turned him turned him down, you know, because TJP has already lost several times against, against Roji. And then it happened for the first time in a long, long time. TJP decided to fucking play serious, and he caught an amazing promo about all the accolades that he has in his belt like because he's been wrestling forever like he he brought up like dude i i i fucking sold out arena mexico when i was 18. i I am the youngest like i was the youngest wrestler in new japan uh like all that stuff that he's actually done because he's been wrestling forever he's fantastic he's like dude i've been wrestling longer than you've been watching wrestling and so it was just like a great promo that finally made tjp looked like he really really cared about winning a championship and on impact so fantastic promo rohe still like like put him down he was like dude you keep talking about the past i am i am the present and so like they just eventually came to blows uh they started fighting backstage eventually uh, like a couple of segments later uh both approached the more scott the uh to do something about it And so he said, okay, so, like, at next week, it's going to be Raju defending the title against TJP. And Raju, if you defeat uh, TJP, this is the last time you have to deal with him because this is TJP's last chance at the title as long as you're a champion. And so, I mean, big stipulations are, like, TJP could win the title next week. Or Rohit can defeat him cheating, and either TJP finds a way to like get a title back. I mean, a chance. Maybe dress up as manic <laughs> or or that is there for TJP for a while until Rohit drops the title against someone. uh who I don't know. But this was, in my opinion, like a fantastic, fantastic uh, performance by both Rohit and TJP. Like. Really, TJP, he's an amazing wrestler. He just talks like shit sometimes. But, like, if he talks like this all the time, fuck, like, he, he could be so much more. Uh, like, if you're selling out Arena Mexico at 18, at this point, you should be selling out other places, dude, if you really, really want to. Uh, we had GM Miller interview Chris Sabin. Uh Chris pretty much just. Uh, Challenge either of Triple XL for a match since last week they attacked uh, Alex Shelley and took him out. So, I mean, it's just logical progressing of a storyline. There's not much to it. Uh, we had Doc Gallows defeat Ethan Page. This, uh, I didn't really care for the much. Uh, I don't think Gallows is exactly like exciting to watch. He is your typical sports entertainer, big man. Like his style uh kind of like feels like that, especially against someone like Paige, who's not gonna like bring out the strong style out of him. So they just had like a pretty basic sports entertainment match. The story was that uh, Gallows kept getting the upper hand over Paige until Alexander helped Paige like distract him and and Paige got the, the upper hand on Gallows. And after like two, three minutes of working him, Gallows made a comeback and big booted Page and won. So it might be a nothing match. They're obviously setting up the big, the good brothers uh, going after the titles against the North. I don't know when. Uh, like this could may as well be a turning point match, but I... It's hard to believe that the good brothers are not going to win the titles when they get their like fair shot. And like the pay-per-view is way, way far in the future and turning point is way, way close. So I don't know when it's going to happen or if it's going to happen for that matter. I mean, we don't know what Gallows and Anderson have planned for. For their careers. I mean we do know that the tag league is coming. And there's not a lot of tag teams. To go about. So we'll see where that goes. Um, I really hope they don't win. But we are going to eventually get the match. And the the only thing that I am excited about this. Is that if we got Gallows versus Page, We may be getting another Anderson versus Alexander match. And that has potential to be really good. Because they have really good chemistry. And they both. Bring it. But moving on, we had G.M. Miller interview Swaggle. Okay, so this is a nothing interview. It, it it was just for like Brian Myers to antagonize Swaggle, like just being a total dick. But the one thing about this, Swaggle can talk. I don't know why after being on Impact WWE, uh, and whatever other promotion he's been on, he has never been given the microphone to be a manager. Like the dude can talk. He has charisma. Like, like if you wanna, if you wanna complain about her oh, wrestling, doesn't look real. Whatever. Like, make him a, a fucking manager. Like, give him two heels. Put this guy in a suit and make him like. Oh man, like a heel manager, like a fucking source heel manager, whatever. Man, there is money to make if you allow Swaggle to talk. He doesn't need to wrestle, he just needs to talk. He like like I I'm I may be overselling this, but I I I was really impressed with his talking ability. Like maybe it's because I've seen Swaggle for maybe now like I don't know it's been like 15 years now uh and i don't think i ever saw him saw him talk and and so i think there's things to do with Swaggle. uh he doesn't have to be a joke and he doesn't have to be seen as a side like a sideshow freak he he can do something and i think it's worth exploring um uh, so hopefully Impact sees it and they don't just like have Brian Myers versus Swaggle. I, I don't know why Brian Myers signed with Impact if he's going to be wrestling Dreamer and Swaggle, to be honest. Anyway, we had Johnny Swinger defeat Cody Dinner. This was a nothing match. It lasted about three minutes or maybe less. Uh, it had no... Uh, setting up other than that skit with Dreamer and it had no repercussions because nothing matters between these guys uh, complete waste of Johnny Swinger and Dieners in my opinion uh, but as long as Impact keeps doing this freaking comedy like storylines and as long as Swinger and Cody Deaner and Cousin Jake keep being fantastic comedians they're going to be there like uh, I think I I think Lance Storm said this like, don't do the thing that you don't want to be doing for the rest of your career because if you do it right, like people are gonna have you do it like, or something like that. But like, like damn, like Cody Dean and cousin Jake are like they're not gonna be title contenders, but they could be like in the mix with Triple XL and the Rascals, you know, t- t- for that like. Lower echelon of tag teams, but instead they're here like doing weddings and wrestling houses. Ugh. Anyway, we had uh, I don't know, I guess this was an angle, but it was like, uh, yeah, I guess an angle. Moose came out, he looked fantastic, he is what a champion should look like. Like, hear me out. 80% of the champions out there Moose is what a champion should look like. He just looked fantastic and he got an amazing promo about how, like he, he's not taken seriously because he decided to, to take the TNA world championship. And, and so like everyone sees, he says, oh man, he, he took a, a title from the trash, but No one is paying attention that for the last year, Moose has been destroying people left and right. And granted, a lot of those names are like Rhinos and Dreamers and RBDs, you know, all timers. But Moose has been destroying people for a year. And no one takes him seriously. And now, thanks to like his match with EC3, he, he now feels like it is time to take... To be taken seriously, and so he 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 told Rich Swan like I'm coming for you pretty much. Uh, last last week, Moose attacked Willie Mac, so Willie Mac came out and and pretty much like tried to jump <laughs> Moose, and Moose kicked the shit out of Mac either way. Uh, which they are gonna be fighting at Turning Point like a, a proper match, but like Moose just the shit out of willie mac it was like moose is ready for the big title win he is ready to be even as a heel like the face of a company and an impact you have him ready i like it it's gonna be sad for swan to lose the title at the big at the first pay-per-view but i think Uh, Moose has to win the title of Hard to Kill in my opinion yes like it's time for Moose to take over Um, and in that same vein and this is going to link into the New Japan conversation Swan was in his locker room and who else would come in but Chris Bay and he was like hey man congratulations how about you and I wrestle for the title? And, and Swan's like, I mean, you cannot just come and ask. You need to earn title shots, dude. And and before, like, Bay could make uh, an argument, Eddie was interrupted because Eddie and Swan had a match. And so Bay wasn't able to really make an argument, but, but he's there. And we now know that Chris Bay has his eyes on... The world championship. And I couldn't be happier. In my opinion, Chris Bay is one of the best up and coming wrestlers in the business right now. Um, so I would be just fantastically happy if he gets into chasing the world championship. Like he doesn't need to win it, but, but chase it and become a main eventer like Ace Austin did in the last months, you know? Something like that. Just. We are ready for the Financer to be a main, uh, like a main event guy, and, and that's where I was talking about with New Japan. By the time New Japan uh, has the Super Jacob, we may be seeing Chris Bay come in as an Impact main eventer. and we also may see TJP come in as the exhibition champion. Like those two guys may come to December twelfth to the Super Jacob as bigger deals in their companies that they would be representing. So like let's let's look out for for both of these guys and and see what impact does with them. Impact is promoting Chris Bay as representing uh, the promotion at the Super Jacob. So we know they are aware of making sure that um, that Chris Bay looks legit at there. Uh we had Dreamer narrowed down his suspects to 10 people. Uh, it was Swinger, Havoc, Brandon Toll, the referee, Cody Diener, Hernandez, fallaba Larry D, James Mitchell, Rosemary, and Taya. Obviously it was so comedy, but it is a setup to whatever program is going to be. Uh I am not surprised by any of the participants in this thing. Uh, obviously a lot of them are just like comedy acts right now on Impact. It, it unfortunately has to drag Taya into this thing because Taya is part of the like, the main three characters of this whole thing. And, and it sucks, but... I mean, she is fantastic, too, in this type of, like, roles. I don't complain about that. Like I just wish Taya was... Like, I don't know, like... Hey, I mean, Taya versus Diana Paraso anyone? Come on. Uh, we are probably going to get... Rosemary and Taya in the tournament. So we may get good things out of this. But overall, that is going to be the, I guess, 11 characters in this whole fucking Johnny Bravo storyline. Um, Like I said, if they can make it work, I, like, in a couple of weeks, I'll be like, you know what? They made it work. Because when WrestleHouse started, I was like, what the fuck is this? And at the end of Wrestle House, I was like, everything made sense. And this worked properly. And I am now excited for this and this and this. So let's see where it goes. I mean, Impact is a company that I gave a lot of benefit of the doubt. And a lot of times they disappoint me and a lot of times they do make things work. That is the magic of being able to uh, tape a lot of shows in advance. Like, things just tend to make work, uh, to make sense. Anyway, uh, we had the main event. It was Eric Young and Sami Callahan defeating Rich Swan and Eddie Edwards. This was your basic uh, tag team match. Uh, the bad guys cut off Eddie Edwards. They worked on him. Rich Swan had the, uh, the hot tag. And at the end, it was just like everyone all over the place, chaotic wrestling. Um, there was this cool spot where Eric Young and callahan they both they're like both their finishers are pile drivers so they both went for the pile driver but Swan and Edwards reversed into a sharpshooter and a single Boston Crab um, respectively and then so you have like Eric Young and Callahan like stopping each other from tapping out so it was like a cool spot at the end the, the finish was that Ken Shamrock ran down and destroyed like he took out Swan And distracted Eddie Edwards, allowing Callahan to hit the the cactus special for the win. Um, It has been announced that Rich Swan will defend the title against Sammy Callahan at turning point. Making me believe that I I am expecting that we are going to get maybe a four-way between these four guys somewhere before Hard to Kill. Because I'm still really hoping that it's going to be Swan versus Moose at Hard to Kill. So... mm, This looks... It looks promising. Uh, Like, I thought they were going to have to, like... I thought they were going to do, like, the whole, like, battle of egos between Eric Young and Callahan, But they actually worked pretty well together. And, like, at the end of the show, they were, like, fist-bumping and everything. Like, I... These are two guys have really similar paths or careers in the last couple of years. They've both went to WWE and became like grungy, weird ass uh, characters and then they left on their own accord, came to impact and are fucking killing it. So they're both ugly. they're both like short-ish. I wouldn't mind an Eric Young and Sammy Callahan team. It's so weird to think of them as that, uh. And it's obviously not gonna happen because there's not enough heels, like singles heels and on impact. But if Moose becomes your world champion, Eric Young and Callahan can take a step back and be a tag team versus the Good Brothers, versus the Motor City Machine Guns, versus the Rascals. Fuck yeah. I'm excited. So that was Impact for this week. Next week, we do have the Rohi Raju versus TJP exhibition match. Uh, Chris Saban versus AC Romero. Uh, Tenille Dashwood and Madison Rain versus Havoc and Nevaeh. And we are 11 days away from Turning Point on Impact Plus, where She Young will defend against Deanna Parasso. Uh, we have Moose versus Willie Mack. And we have Swan versus Callahan. So... Overall, it was a uh, a good week uh, for Impact. Uh, the in-ring stuff was okay, but I thought the promos were fantastic. Um, that, that's that's to me like the main thing of the, of this show. It was like really really good promos overall. Moose, Heat. Rohit, uh, everyone got really really good promos. And that is gonna be it for this week. It was a really packed uh, show at the end. Like that DDT show was just like way packed and there are a lot of things happening in japan right now so obviously we we had to tackle as much as we can even though like we couldn't even preview the the tokyo joshi pro show we couldn't preview uh power struggle further uh, since we already kind of did it but this this is over um like always follow the podcast on spotify itunes uh, leave a review, leave a like, whatever the system allows. Everything helps. Uh, follow us on DW Revolution on Twitter, where we are going to be antagonizing all timers with white privilege. And go to dwrestlingrevolution.com if you want to read a full descriptive review of the DDT Ultimate Party. And for that matter, go to Figure 4W Online, where I write the weekly impact wrestling report, where you can also read a more detailed description of everything that happened in the show. Uh, but that is it for today. And I will go back to talking Japanese because I, I do want to get to watch that Dragon Gate. So sayonara, mata, raishu. Uh... Woman as I. Well, that's about it. Son of a gun, we've enjoyed it. Looking forward to next week. I guess we'll have to wait a week before we get to it, but we'll be right back again for Corey Macklin, Dave Brown, Lance Russell saying, bye bye, everybody.